Welcome to After the Storm Comes a Rainbow. This is a podcast about storms and how we all have tribulation in our life. It's about growing deeper in your faith with Jesus Christ. Being able to talk about things in our life that are hard, things that we don't always talk about to our friends or our family. We're going to be talking about depression and overcoming it, anxiety and overcoming it. And we are going to be talking about suicide. Yes, even suicide, because I don't think it's talked about enough in church. People are struggling and they are going through the hardest time of their life. And it's amazing how many people that I know in this Christian world that are struggling with the same thoughts and depression and anxiety that I went through a few years ago. Well, I am here to tell you that there's a way out. You are strong in the Lord and in his might. I just want you to lean in on his mercy. I want you to gather around with your blanket and your coffee, and I want you to just listen for what the Lord has to say to you. I want you to listen for what the Lord wants for you in your life, and I pray blessings and mercy over you and your family. I pray that you will be able to just stand strong in the Lord, for he is good, yes, and his mercy endures forever. Amen? All right, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of After the Storm Comes a Rainbow, where we're going to be talking about life and how sometimes it can just get you down. But we are going to be talking about how to get out of our storms today. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about loving yourself. We talked about it a little bit last time, but it was a little bit of a heavy subject. I feel like I had a hard time sleeping and the Lord was like, listen to John. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to John. And so John is a disciple that is in the Bible, obviously. A lot of you may already know John. John refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loves. And I think it's so important that we realize that John knew who he was in Christ Jesus. And it was so profound that he knew this And he was calling himself the one whom Jesus loves. So let's talk a little bit about John. We're going to start in John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And I think it's so important that we take that verse and we meditate on it so that we're not stuck in the whole situation where we're like, okay, well, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm not doing what God wants us to do, wants me to do. And it's like, I have to remind myself that I am forgiven, that I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But I also have to remind myself that if I am going to be a light in this world, that there are going to be people in it that won't accept me because they refuse 
to go near it because they're afraid that they're going to be exposed. You know, I talk about the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you and he will reveal truth. He does that. And if you don't understand how to live in discernment or how to look at people and know, you know, are they a Christian? Are they not a Christian? You know, that's where you just ask the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will tell you. He doesn't keep anything from you. And the Lord led me to another verse in John. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And that was John 14, 15 through 19. Okay, wow. So that verse to me really resonates because he's talking about sending the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about how the Holy Spirit is going to help us and be our advocate. Now he goes on into chapter 15 and he talks about how he is the true vine and that God is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then he goes down and he talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I mean, wow, who doesn't want their joy to be complete? I know I want fullness of joy. That's why I love to worship and I love to get into the presence of God. And whenever I do that, I lift my hands, I close my eyes, I imagine my arms are on the Lord's chest, like on God's shoulders. I place them in my imagination. I have an imagination that God has given me. And so do you. When you go to worship and you're worshiping the Lord, you should use your imagination to your advantage. Or this is my, I guess, story of how I worship God. I close my eyes. I lift my hands up and I place my hands onto the shoulders of God. I am in his face. He is breathing and I am breathing every breath that he breathes out into me and it is cleansing my body. Every breath that I take, 
I am inhaling the glorious light of God. I am inhaling God. I am I am breathing in God's breath because it says in the word that he breathed his life into my lungs. He breathed his life into your lungs. And so I imagine that when I am just down, even when I'm happy, I am in the Lord's presence. I am lifting my hands up to him and I am giving it to the Lord. I am just like breathing in every breath, every breath I take, I am breathing in God. I am thinking about my relationship with God. I am talking to God. I am saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I am right there with him. I am imagining my heartbeat at the same time that God is beating. I am thinking and imagining my heart as it is beating in and out, in and out. I am thinking about God reaching his mighty hand into my heart and he is pumping it. He is cleansing it. He is touching my heart and he is changing me. He is molding me because I am the clay. He is the potter and he he creates me the way he wants me to be. Every step I take, I pray that God will anoint it and that he has taken it for me because he goes before me. And I thank the Lord that he is always guiding me. And I'm always thinking about God and how he's taken me to different places and new strengths and new glories because he says, I take you from strength to strength and glory to glory. I don't want you to get stuck. And just think about yourself and then you're stuck in this world worrying about comparison. You're comparing yourself to other people on social media. It's not worth it. You're comparing yourself to people at your job. It's just not worth it. God is saying, I have more for you. I have more for you. I have more for you to do. You don't have to be stuck in this comparison game because it is not real. People are not giving their full, their full, like, I don't know, experience. They're not showing their full selves on social media. People run themselves through filters all day long all the time. And I feel like there's so many young women and teenagers and people even that are just like feeling bad about themselves when they really don't need to be because this world is so fake. It's like a facade. It's like, it's just so narrow that it's just the same thing over and over. It's been like that for generations, but it seems like everyone gets stuck in that generational curse that they can't seem to get out of it, that they are comparing themselves to everybody else. Just like when I was a child, we used to call it um, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, have you ever heard that before? Keeping up with the Joneses because you are trying to keep up with your neighbor because you see they got a new car. And so you're like, well, I think I deserve a new car, but you can't afford a new car. But the next thing you know, you go out and you buy one anyway. And you're like, well, I needed it. It was like five years old. And it's just that that comparison thing that the enemy tries to get you kept in. He tries to keep you in that trap of comparing yourself to other people. And then you start to get jealous. These little things that the enemy starts to plant inside your mind, you don't realize that it is going to hinder you in your growth with the Lord. You don't realize it at the time because you think it's harmless. Oh, I, oh yeah, that's a cute outfit. Oh, that might look cute on me. And that's what you're thinking in your mind. And so you go out and you buy an outfit and you may not be able to afford it. You are you know, your husband is paying all the bills because you are a stay at home mom or you're a stay at home um, entrepreneur or you're just, you know, staying at home. You know, maybe you got laid off and, you know, it's 
It makes you feel good whenever you go out and you shop. You know, my mom, she always goes to Walmart and she shops all the time. Like we can guarantee that when we go to her house or when she comes here that she's been at Walmart, she's going to go to Walmart. She has been there or she wants to go now. And so we just always make a joke that um, grandma's at Walmart. (laughs) She just needs to go live there because she is always there. And it's just one of those things where it's like you don't want to get stuck in that materialistic world where you feel like you have to have more. And I'm not trying to say, oh, my mom, you know, she always has to have more. But I mean, she knows. I tell her all the time, stay out of Walmart. Like, my dad's like, girl, you're not Oprah. You know, she says that to her all the time. And she's like, I just want to go to Walmart. And I'm like, okay, mom, just stay home. (laughs) You know, but I'm just saying that, like, it's just so important for us as Christians to just stay strong and to not get sucked into these comparison traps, to get sucked into the comparison of our neighbor, because now we can go on social media and we can see everybody who is our neighbor, because now it's like, everyone we can compare ourselves to everyone that's on our feed everyone that we know on on YouTube or TikTok or Twitter whatever it is Instagram you can find someone that you can compare yourself with for hours and you're like why did I do that why am I on this social media trap why am I just scrolling up and down I've been on here for two hours now like I've got to get off this and be productive or you're at work and you're doing it and you're like why am I doing this to myself Why did I set myself up for this? And then you're feeling down about yourself and you're feeling bad about yourself. Well, honey, I'm here to tell you that it is not real. The enemy has set up this trap for even women, men, children to be comparing themselves. I mean, there are kids out there that are comparing themselves to other kids. They, I will hear them say, do you think I look fat in this? And I'm like, you're 10, first of all. You don't need to be thinking about your weight at all. You should be eating and running and playing and having fun, not worrying about what you look like. And that's the generation that is coming up next. They're the ones that are going to be running this country soon within like 15 years. That is not that far. Seriously. I'm like, I think about my children who are 13 and 14 and I'm like, man, you guys are going to be like in college soon. You're going to be leaving the house soon. And I want them to be able to know who they are in Christ. I want them to be able to stand and I want them to be able to focus on what's most important. Because if they don't know what's most important in their life, they're going to look for it somewhere else. They're going to be looking at their friends and they're going to be being like, well, you know, so-and-so does it like that. So maybe that's how I should do it. Maybe that's how I should live my life. Oh, they're always doing this. They're always doing that. I think I'm just going to try that out for a while, see how that works for me. No, we've got to know who we are in Christ Jesus, and we've got to know how to love ourselves, because if we can love ourselves for who God made us to be, I think that we would be so much healthier as Christians and as people, because it's so hard already to be in this world and just to be thinking about someone else and about how much better they look than you or how much prettier they are than you. And it just gets you down. It makes you feel bad about yourself. It's not worth it. And I keep listening to John whenever I listen to him and cause I listen to the Bible and, um, uh, whenever he's talking and he's like, you know, John, the one who Jesus loved, it just makes me laugh because it's like he really knew who he was and he wasn't even apologetic to other Christians, like to the other disciples. They were just like Peter, you know, James, which is, which was Jesus's brother. You guys know that, right? Like his half brother, like James, Philip, 
you know, he's just like, Peter, did I say Peter already? I don't even know. But I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm the one whom Jesus loves. You know, him and Peter were always at like neck and neck competition. They literally were always like at each other's like throats. Not really. At the, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. They were literally at like each other's like they were each other's competition. Like he was like, no, Jesus loves me more. No, Jesus. Lo- I'm the one whom Jesus loves. Like when he tells the story, it's all about him and how, how Jesus loves him, which I think is so precious because it's like, yes, you know, I, could you imagine meeting that person? Hi, I'm Alicia, the one whom Jesus loves. <laughs> you'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> you'd probably want to like slap me or something. I don't know. But I think it's so cute. Cause he was just like, yeah. And Peter was like, what about John? Like, I love that part when Jesus was like talking to John and he was talking to Peter and he was telling Peter what to do. And John and Peter looks at, he literally looks at Jesus and he says, what about John? And Jesus looked Peter straight in the eye and he said, you don't worry about him. You do what I tell you to do. I was like, oh, Jesus. He straight up was like talking like talking to him like he was a parent. Like he was like, you know, you got two kids and they're like, what about so-and-so? My kids always do that. I was like, go clean your room. Go, go do this. Go sweep the floor. What about my brother? And I'm like, you don't worry about him. You go do what I tell you to do. And it's just like, ding, ding, ding. The Lord is always telling us what to do. And it's just whether or not we listen because we're so focused on what everyone else is doing. What are they doing? What are they doing? The Lord's saying, don't worry about them. Don't worry about what they're doing because they might be doing what the Lord asked them to do. You do what I tell you to do. That's what the Lord says. You don't worry about them. You do what I say. And it's, it's so exciting, I think, to just be like, yeah, I'm going to do what the Lord says. Because then the Lord, his, his ears perk up and he's like, oh, you're going to listen to me now? Oh, is that right? Well, it's time to get off social media then. And then you're going to be like, what? What? No. 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 And Jesus is going to be like, yeah, it's about time. And it's going to be one of those things where you're just going to probably have to do it for a little bit, but it'll be okay. You know, the Lord took me off social media for like three years, literally three years. And I was like, I spent that time with the Lord. He grew me. I have had dreams from the Lord. He just has shown up in my life in so many different ways that I had never expected. And I always think to myself, does everyone know the Lord like this? Because I didn't know the Lord like that before. And then it was like, he just started to reveal himself to me. The Holy Spirit started to show up in my life and show me things that I never even thought were possible in this world. And he would show me things about people and show me things about like the world and things. And I was like, that's, that's not right, you know? And the Lord's like, I know that's why you need to stay away from that. That's why you need to stay away from them. That's why you need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm like, I have no idea how to live my life, Lord. Like you're going to have to show me. So then I started praying a prayer for the Lord to show me, teach me his ways, O Lord, so that I may live according to the truth, creating me a pure heart, O God, so that I may honor you. And I prayed that prayer every single night and the Lord showed up for me in such a way that I, I never, 
I never forget it. And people are like, oh, you should write down your dreams. I don't, I really don't need to. I literally have them memorized. Like they are not going anywhere. You just know you can't explain it, but you can, but it's just like, if you're not filled with the spirit of God, it's, it's just like you, you won't get it. You just, you just won't know. So it's like, just like what the Lord says, they don't know me. The world doesn't know me. And so he led me to another verse and he says, my commands is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father. I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. And the Lord goes on and he talks to the disciples. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And I'm just like, wow, because I I think like, okay, I can, I can understand that because it's like, whenever I speak truth, I'll, I'll look and see people's responses and depending on where they're at in their walk with Christ Jesus, no matter what it is. And you can tell the ones that are walking with God who are staying in the word of God because their responses are in step with what God says. And God says that we are to be one in Christ Jesus, that we are one body in Christ. But it's really hard whenever you've got people in your life or people around you that are not in the word of God, you know, maybe they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they haven't made the next step, which is to follow him, which is like to read the word of God, to know what Jesus wants for them in their life, to know their plan, his plan for them. And they haven't moved forward because they've, the Lord says, I'll move you strength to strength and glory to glory. But If they just accept you, I mean, if you just accept Jesus, you're just there. You've got to make the next step and go forward because you have to remind yourself. I love this little phrase that says, even baby steps move you forward, even baby steps. And it can just be like telling yourself, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to trust in the Lord today. I'm going to focus on being with the Lord and I'm going to do this every single day. I'm going to get in the word of God today. I'm going to do that every single day. I'm going to make it a habit instead of going onto my social media account. I'm going to go straight into the Bible app and I'm going to read the word of God. And then I can do whatever I and then when I can do whatever I want. But it's just it's the the little steps. And sooner or later you're going to realize that God God will move you from that desire of comparing yourself to other people and he'll take that from you and you'll be able to be like wow I really love myself and people will look at you and think well okay but you could like still lose like 20 or 30 pounds and you could just look at them and be like I'm just happy like (laughs) I'm just happy because God loves me And when you have that profound knowledge that God loves you, that Jesus loves you, you don't really worry about what other people think about you because you're just like, all you want to do is please God. 
Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't think, oh, what's my friend doing? What's my, I've got to get on social media, find out what my friend has posted or what my friend is doing. No, I literally will sometimes lay in bed and I'll be like, Lord, what are you doing? How's your day today? Lord, can you just lay with me today? Because I'm just not feeling good. Or I'll just say, Lord, I just need a hug. Can you just like lay on me? And (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but I mean, it really does work. And I'm like, next thing you know, I'm like asleep and I'm like, wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay. Or like last night I was like, I couldn't even sleep. And the Lord was like, just listen to John, just pull up John and listen. And I was like, okay, Lord. So I pulled up John and I started listening and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, because it's like, we forget that even men, even men, they have to know who they are in Christ Jesus. And men are insecure as well. They are so insecure and they just want to be loved they want to know that they're respected. They want to know that that you cherish them, that you are a part of their life and that you're supporting them and that you're not just like fussing at them or yelling at them or nah, 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 nagging at them. You know, I mean, it's just like sometimes I think the best thing for my husband is to come home and the house is clean and, you know, there's dinner made and he doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit down. But that's not our, that's not our house. Our house is not always clean. Our, the dishes aren't always done. You know, sometimes he comes home and he, the first thing he does is check the dishwasher. Has the dishwasher been done? And he'll unload it. And then it's like, he starts cleaning and I'm like, um, I can do that, you know? And he just doesn't say a word. He just starts doing it. He'll grab a broom and start sweeping. And I'm like, you know, I really should be nicer to this man. You know, (laughs) that's what I start thinking in my mind. Like, I really should like be nicer to him. He's, he really is a good husband, but it's just like when we're in that moment of, um, arguing or whatever it is that we're fussing about, I don't think about all the good things that he does. I think about in that moment, why did you say that to me? Like, why did you, why would you even think that? And it's like my, my mind and my thoughts immediately go to speaking bad things and it shouldn't go there. It shouldn't even think about that. You know, like I should never say like, oh, I want a divorce or I want this or I want that. But it comes up and it comes out and I'm like, oops, that came out too fast. And I didn't even think about it. It just comes out. And I'm like, Lord, you know, sometimes I have to pray. I have to say, Lord, please put a guard over my mouth. Please do this because I cannot keep saying these things that are going to hurt my husband. And so it's like, it doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time. You know, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, today it's just going to be like one thing. It's like sometimes it can be the littlest things that just add up. And then it's just like, that's what gets me. And it's just like, I can't deal with that. And then I'm in my own thoughts and I'm stirring things up in my mind. You know, we can sow discord in our own family, in our own marriage, in our own relationships. It doesn't have to be outside people that come in or friends. It could be you. It could be me. I mean, I am so guilty of it all the time. I am not a perfect person by far. And I think about that. I'm like, you know, Lord, I'm, I struggle with, with anger. Sometimes I struggle with jealousy. Sometimes I struggle with gossip. That's one of the things that I really have to work on is gossip. And I think that's why the Lord was like, you need to talk about gossiping, Alicia, because you have been really doing it a lot lately. And I was like, okay, Lord, (laughs) I'll try to stop. (laughs) 
you know? And then it's like, when the Lord started leading me to Bible verses about it, I was like, I'm going to stop. Like, I am going to work really hard to stop. And as soon as I start to think about gossiping about someone, the Lord starts bringing back all these Bible verses that we talked about. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it because I don't want to be responsible. And the Lord led me to a verse in Matthew. And I was like, see, that's why I don't want to be held responsible. (laughs) Okay, we're going to start Matthew 12, verse 34. You brood vipers. Wait, (laughs) you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted or by your words, you will be condemned. I was like, okay, Lord, what? Because I was like, wait, hold up. I can understand the part where, you know, you're being full of everything that you put into yourself, you know, because I was telling you guys that it's so important that you feed yourself the word of God. And when he starts talking about like going into the words that we say, the words that we're speaking It really makes me think about myself because I can get caught up in like talking about certain things that are going on in life. And it's like the Lord has been working with me on being like, don't do that. We're not going to gossip. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about them. We're not going to talk about that relationship. We're going to talk about you and what I want you to do. And so I just love it so much whenever I am like trying so hard and I'm like, Jesus, did I do okay? Did I do good? You know, because that's the approval we should be living for. We shouldn't live for the approval of others, even though it can be so easy to compare ourselves to other people, especially whenever it's at the fingertips of our phone. We can just pick up our phone and just in an instant, start comparing our lives to other people because it seems like they have it all figured out. Seriously, it can look that way. But you have to remind yourself that you are strong, you are beautiful, that God loves you, that Jesus loves you, and that you were made with a purpose. You have a whole life that God wants to just come in and just be a part of. He wants to know the details of your life that he created because he wants to be a part of you. He wants to live life with you and be there for you. Um, I was thinking earlier today and it was like the Lord was reminding me about being ready in and out of season. And I was thinking in myself, I was like, yeah, that reminded me of being like, when we are in trouble, when we are hurting, when we are crying to ourselves and just crying that we can't go on, we can't do this. Do we not grow closer to the Lord? Do we not hold on closer to him and say, God, I need you. God, I'm struggling today. You know, it's the same way. It should be the same way. We should seek God just as much and just um, be in his presence and worship him as much as we can even when we're not going through trials and tribulations, even whenever everything is good, we should still be that same mindset in and out of season, being close to the Lord, being ready. Because I notice that I am way closer to the Lord whenever I'm going through something, 
when I'm going through something hard in my life, I am clinging to the Lord. And sometimes I will tell him, I will say, I am holding on to you and I'm not letting go until you bless me. Like just like Jacob, when he was holding on and he was wrestling with God, he was wrestling with the angel of God and he said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. That's how I talk to God sometimes. I will use the word of God to my advantage. I will say, look, Lord, I need you. I am not letting go until you bless me. Just like the girl, the woman and that had the disease for over, what, 10 or 13 years? I'm not sure. I should read it. We'll probably read it now that I'm like, I don't know how many years. But I love that story. It's one of my favorites. It's not my absolute favorite, probably because I don't know the details inside and out. But I do love that story because she grabbed the Lord and she was just like, I've got to be healed. And sometimes it seems like we're reaching out to, we're reaching out for help, we're reaching out for just love, just to be loved by God, just for him to see us. Does he even see me? Honey, I tell you what, God sees you. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your happiness. He sees you. He sees you. He is not letting you go. He is blessing you. And just as much as you hold on to him, he is holding on to you. Because the Bible says that when you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And Jesus says that I will not cast away anyone who comes to me. I will not, is what he says. I trust the Lord and I believe him at his word that he is true. That he will not lie to you. He will speak into your life and he will hold on to you and he will pour into you. He said that you will have streams of living water coming up out of you. You know, I had after my situation that I had, and I'll put my rainbow story below. I'll list my rainbow story next, I think. And um, it'll just be just a short, maybe 15, 20 minutes of my rainbow story. And um, my friend... She really helped me. She poured into me whenever I felt like I had no one. And she didn't even say much, really, except one of the things she did say, it stuck with me and I will never forget it. She said, you go to the Lord about it. Just go ask the Lord about it. And I was like, hmm, like she knows something that I do not know. And ever since then, and the Lord just poured into me. And I told her, I said, I just feel restored. I feel redeemed. I feel loved by God. I told her, I said, it's like I I feel like I have this cup that is sitting on my heart and I can feel rivers. It literally felt like for me, it felt like milk, like that thickness of milk when you drink it. It felt like milk, but it was coming out of me. It was coming out of my heart, like around. I could feel it on the inside of me. I couldn't explain it to her, but that was the easiest way I could f- explain it to her was that it was overflowing. I could feel it. And at the time, it was like, she probably was like, yeah, like rivers of living water, you know, because she's so anointed. And I'm just like, you know, a baby little Christian over here, like, 
I don't know, but it feels like there's a cup on my heart, you know, (laughs) and it's flowing. It's overflowing with joy and just so much goodness. And I just, you know, you should have that childlike faith. Jesus says you should be like a child. You should enter the kingdom of God like a child. Like you're so excited. You're excited about what God is doing for you. You're excited about what God's doing for your friends. I love it whenever I hear stories about children. There's this one story that I heard and there was two kids and they were playing. And I can't remember who told this story or where I heard this story. I have no idea. But I heard this story about two kids. They were playing. And one of them said, do you know Jesus? And he and the little girl looked at him and said, I know Jesus. And I hope he and she's wait, what did she say? He said, He goes, do you know Jesus? And the little girl looked at him and said, I don't know, but I sure love him. (laughs) Sometimes it's just like we just don't know, but we just know we love him. You know, I don't have the perfect words. I don't have the perfect answers. All I know is that I love Jesus, that he loves you, and that's the reason why I do what I do. That's it, because I know his grace, I know his mercy, and he's got plenty of grace and mercy for you. You just have to go to him. I'm not trying to scare you. I know last last week was kind of heavy. It really was. But I can't tell you part of the Bible and not tell you the other parts, too, because it just wouldn't be fair. And, you know, God says to study to show yourselves approved. And I talk to my husband about it all the time. I grew up in a church that they didn't talk about repentance. I didn't know what repentance was until a few years ago. And that was where I started to really pay attention to churches and people that were speaking and leaders that I just, after that, I wouldn't follow them if they didn't talk about repentance because repenting is so important And it's what God says that we should do so that we can enter. And it's not that we're, if we have Jesus, it's just like, oh yeah, we have Jesus, but we should repent. Because every time after Jesus spoke to someone, he says, go on and follow me, but sin no more. You know, and it's like, we can't leave that part out. We have to, we know we're going to sin. We know it. We're not perfect people. I'm definitely not perfect. But we have to make an effort to turn from the sin that is tearing us away from Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what that is, you know, maybe pray about it. I used to be um, addicted to pornography. And I know that's crazy because I'm a, a female, but I did. I used to be addicted to it. And I used to watch it all the time. And one day... I read a Bible verse and it was talking about how if you continue to sin, God will eventually turn you over to that sin because he tried and he worked in you and then you just didn't listen. Like, and I was like, um, I think I'll try to stop. And then sooner or later, it was just like I had stopped. It wasn't over. It was over time, but it wasn't immediate. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, it was immediate. Like it, I just was healed. 
No, it was over time. And it's okay. It's going to take time. Maybe you're broken. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're just wondering, why has God left me? God hasn't left you. He's still there for you. He's just waiting for you to reach out to him, for you to lift your arms up to him, for you to say, God, please help me. Sometimes I would just say help. Sometimes I would just say Jesus. Sometimes I would say nothing. But in my mind, I was crying out to the Lord. And God hears you. Jesus hears you. I want you guys to know that he hears every prayer that you make. It is an essence that goes up to heaven when you are praying. He says that his, he is enthroned by the praises of his people and by the prayers, the incense of your prayers. They are all in God's throne room. He hasn't forgotten you. You are not alone. You don't have to worry, is God with me? Yes, he is with you. You cannot cry out and notify your spirit that Jesus is Lord if you were not a child of God. And when that hits your spirit, it will change your mind. Because I used to always worry, am I a child of God? Am I saved? I've done some really bad things. And when I heard that, when I heard that I could not register in my mind or in my heart that Jesus is Lord, if I wasn't a child of God, I was like, wow, I'm going to read you the verse because I want you to get it. Because this is what made me get it. Now it's 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow. So that means that whenever we are saved, whenever we are born again, God sends his Holy Spirit and he is our advocate. He lives with us. He seals us for the day of judgment because that means that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, that we have accepted God as our Father, Jesus as our Lord, and the Holy Spirit seals us for that day so that we can be saved. And I just, when I heard that, when I read that verse, I heard that verse, I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. Because we need to understand that we are a child of God. If you have questions whether or not you're saved or you're not saved, you are saved if you recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you have asked him to be the Lord of your life. Because the first thing you have to do is speak it out of your mouth. Because God wants you to do that so that he knows that you are are saved and so that you know that you are saved. I think it's more so for our like knowledge than for God's because God knows us. He knows us from the beginning to the end. And I just want to pray for you guys. I'm so excited about what this year is going to bring. I'm excited to see God work in each one of your lives and I just can't wait to see the blessings that he pours out for you and your family. 
Father God, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Lord, I just come to you boldly to your throne room of grace. Lord, I just lay down all of our burdens before you, Father God. I just give them all over to you, Lord. I just pray that you will be able to just touch their spirits, Father, that they will be able to know you, that they will be able to search for you, Father God, if they need to just feel your presence. When they are feeling down, Father God, I just pray that you just pour over them your love, your kindness, and your mercy, Father. For you said you are rich in mercy, Lord. And I just thank you so much for all the things that you're doing for us in our lives without us even knowing it, Lord. I thank you for establishing our steps before we even take them. I thank you, Lord, for just pouring people into our lives without us even realizing it. Every single person that we come in contact with, Father God, has a purpose for your kingdom. And it's all for your glory, Father God. It's for the glory of the kingdom of God. It's for you. Thank you, God, for just healing our brokenness, for just picking us up off the floor. Thank you, God, for just healing us. For anyone that is broken, Father God, I just pray healing into them right now, Father God. For anyone that is having to deal with cancer, Father God, we bind cancer in the name of Jesus. We just pray that their bodies will be healed and renewed, Father God. That their spirits will be filled with your joy. That their body will just start to be healed, Father. And they will go back and they will have a clean report, Father God. I pray that people's marriages will be healed. Father God, I pray that you will be able to restore people's marriages, that they will be able to just look at the situation and they will be able to register that whatever is going on with their spouse or their loved one, Father God, that they will be able to say, okay, Father, help me, help me, Jesus. And they will be in an instant, they will be at peace because they know their help is coming, that all they have to do is wait on the Lord because you are faithful. Father, you said that when we are faithless, you are faithful, and I believe you at your word, that you will send help, that you will be there, that you are you are in the midst of it all. You are watching us, and you are saying, hold on, my child, for I have sent your help. Don't give up yet. I am on my way, and you just be strong in the Lord. You wait on the Lord, and he will show up for you. I just pray over backs that they will be healed, Father God, that they will be strengthened and mended together. Father God, I pray that you will be able to just pour into them the love that they need to feel, that they won't be going on social media to find their fulfillment in life, Father God, that they will be able to just know that they are loved by you, Lord. I just pray, Father God, that you will be able to just show a light into their life and shine it so bright that they will say, yes, that is my God. He has saved me. He has done this for me so that they will be able to lead others to Christ Jesus. I pray that we will all be able to rise up out of our brokenness out of the ashes we shall rise father god with you we shall ride into victory because the victory the victory is ours it belongs to the lord because he will fight for you he will fight for me he has already won the victory all we have to do is stand that's all we have to do And I just thank you guys for listening. I pray that you guys will have a blessed week. And I just hope that everyone will just continue to read the word of God and just stay strong and just wait on the Lord.
Have a great day. Be blessed.